One Team Media. Welcome to the DGD Podcast, the Georgia Bulldogs podcast for dogs. From the gun again on first down, fires wide, Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels, and you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go dogs! Welcome to this episode of the DGD Podcast. As always, it is NCDGD, Robert Reynolds as your host. Before we start the show, I would like to say that Georgia got another commitment last night, which is why the chain has come out. Cole Spear from Calhoun, Georgia. Look, people can say what they want. You know, with three stars, I'm telling you right now, kid is a baller. Don't let anyone tell you. Don't let any ranking star tell you otherwise. Kid's got elite speed, and there's a lot that Kirby saw. That's why he took the green light, committed. But that's not what we're going to hear to talk about today. Look, welcome Greg Vandegrift, uh, father of Rock Vandegrift, head coach of Prince Ave. You all know him from down there in Georgia. Prince Ave, single A state title last year. Uh, definitely going to be talking about Prince Ave a little bit here. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, a couple people that, you know, Georgia fans might know, uh, maybe Brock and uh, Logan Johnson. We're going to talk about these guys here. Uh, but first, Greg, welcome back. It's been a minute, but welcome back, man. Looking forward to talking to you again. Hey, thank you so much for the opportunity. I always love to talk about Prince Avenue football and obviously my son. And anytime we can promote one of our former players like Logan, I'm all in. Absolutely. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, from a casual standpoint, may not know exactly. Uh, they may know who Logan is, but I don't know exactly if they know what he brings to Georgia. Uh, you know, if, if you're not familiar with Logan, he he turned down a scholarship offer to walk on at Georgia. Uh, so that tells you something about Logan, in my opinion. We're going to talk a bit about that right here. But first, let's talk a little bit about Brock um, and how I want to get your opinion here. How is this different? Because you've had Brock on the sidelines with you uh, for years now. What's it like, you know, with him being at Georgia and not being on the sidelines with you? What's that transition like for you as a father? You know, uh, he's been on the sidelines about the last 12 years, which is what's crazy. Uh, you know, he started as a six-year-old as the ball boy. And, you know, from that time period, he'd just be running by behind the, you know, bench or whatever and just reach up. You know, he'd grab me, hug me or something, and just take off running on down the sideline. And, you know, you go from that to watch him grow up, you know, and be obviously starting quarterback. You know, it's a big difference, just not – Again, just something you've been used to for 12 years, and all of a sudden it's not. It's just, you know, it's just different, obviously. And and I'll I'll experience that new new normal tonight. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, I know. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about this later in the show. But uh, Prince Av is hosting their first scrimmage of the season uh, tonight. So, like I said, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, I do want to continue here, though. So last time you were on, uh, if if anyone's you know new to the show, I had Greg on uh, with a couple other. Uh, dog football player uh, parents as well. Uh, we were previewing uh, G-Day. Uh, so obviously G-Day has come and gone. Uh, you know, looking back on that, to me, uh, you know, I look at what Brock did in the the uh, scrimmage there, really, and I liked what I saw, and I liked, I liked his speed. Uh, to me, I think it kind of put a different perspective of how fast he really is, uh, and, he sh- and he's shown his arm that we kind of knew about. Uh, you know, obviously you had talked about him learn, uh, taking the initiative and learning the playbook uh, with, you know, with camp right now, I think they're still in camp right now. So, you know, that's obviously a big transition uh, for him as a freshman. Uh, 
what what was it like being at G Day and watching him uh, in red and black for the first time? You know, it was just sort of surreal. My wife and I were sitting there, Kelly, and you know, they, we watched the first two scrimmages, and then they come up for G Day. It's just, you know, I guess every father wants their kid to go play, you know, big time football or go play football, and you know, you're sitting there and your son's out there on the field. It's just, you know, you're just pulling for him to do the best he can, and and obviously you want him to have a great experience, and you know, so all those kind of things just taking taking place um, was just unbelievable. Yeah, watching the game though, uh, obviously Georgia is loaded this season. I don't know how much you keep up with news, but I think everyone in the media it's basically calling Georgia to win the SEC East, uh, probably make a playoff title, even saying that this is Georgia's year. Uh, looking at that right there though, you know, Brock plays a big part here. Uh, in in reassuring that depth for years to come. Obviously, as a true freshman, you know, I'm not saying that it could happen. It may, uh, you know, but you you mentioned that he has taken a, a pretty big initiative in learning the playbook, uh, you know, maybe even redshirting to kind of, you know, take a free year that way to to learn it and be even more ready. Now, I'm not saying that it can or cannot happen, but uh, you hear that kind of things with with teams that have a lot of quarterback depth. But nonetheless, you know, looking at, like I said, going back to G-Day, seeing what I saw, I, I liked it. And then you always hear about what he's been doing so far through the practices and the, uh, you know, in the scrimmages and, and camps and stuff, which actually tomorrow is their first of three uh, scrimmages. So I'm sure that we'll, maybe as time comes afterwards, uh, we'll hear some good things coming from Brock. Uh, but obviously with fall camp, what's, you know, as a parent, I know you mentioned before the show that uh, you'd been talking to him. Uh, what's that like for him? What's that like for you? Because is he reaching out to you trying to get a feel for things? Or, you know, what's going on there with, with fall camp being in full swing? Um, you know, so let's just let's, let's go from, um, you know, G-Day forward. You know, just give you a little synopsis. So, you know, he came out of G-Day and, you know, he felt good about some things and obviously disappointed in others. And, um, you know, so we spent like the month of May just – you know, he, he, he said, Hey dad, will you help me with the playbook? And again, it's not like I'm going to help him with what, you know, coach Munkin's thinking, but, but I can quiz him and ask him questions and, you know, get him lined up for, um, for, you know, the formations and stuff like that. So we just mm-hmm. went through that, honestly, probably two or three hours a day for about 15 days. And, um, you know, so we spent the month of May doing that during June and July, you know, they probably practiced, I bet you, you know, again, not like real practices, but they have things they're doing, you know, all summer. And they continue they're going through the installs and quizzing each other and doing those kind of things. So he went all through the summer. So now it's really the second time back through the playbook. And then, you know, fall camp starts and they sort of go back through the playbook again. So, you know, it's it's funny, right before camp started or maybe the first day of camp, he, he called his mom and I and, you know, we're talking to him and he says, you know, it's amazing how much more fun football is when you know what the plays are. Yeah. You know, so we just sort of chuckled and laughed and, um, you know, it's, it's long days and it's things where, um, you know, he's just putting in his work and, you know, JT and Beck and, you know, Stetson are all there and they're experienced quarterbacks and, you know, he does athletically offer some things those guys can't do. So, you know, we're just trying to let it play out and trust Georgia in the process and see what happens. Yeah, I think looking at it right now, that's probably the best thing that he could do is just sit there and be a sponge. Um, you know, I'm not saying that he couldn't start if needed, but, I mean, one of the things to benefit, you know, some of these freshman quarterbacks come in and get thrown into the fire too soon. You see it 
on a lot of levels. And, and to me, I think it, you know, it can happen where sometimes it, it benefits a kid, but sometimes it can also uh, be a hindrance because, you know, they're not ready. They're not, you know, they're whether it be mentally or physically, depending on the situations, you know, so being able to kind of sit there and soak up the playbook is really key. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to take a little side, uh, side trip back here in, in my glory days in high school football, uh, you know, looking as a quarterback for me, you know, I wasn't gifted athletically. Uh, genetics was against me, but, you know, taking a, basically knowledge of the playbook uh, helped me from what I felt like helped me uh, because it allowed me to, you know, to transition into like understanding what a defense is doing, uh, you know, and reading coverages, things like that, you know, on the fly, on the field. And, you know, obviously you look at his time at uh, Prince Ave and transition into that to the college level, it's a lot faster. So, you know, taking the playbook, getting comfortable there, I could see it being a big deal because once he's comfortable with it completely, then it's just a matter of putting it on the field. And, you know, if any indication uh, is uh, based off of G day for me, I think, you know, we're, you know, he's in for a good uh, future at Georgia uh, just based off of some glimpses there. Uh, obviously it was kind of limited, but, you know, nonetheless, it was still uh, a sight to see. I enjoyed seeing it. Um, but with with that right there, uh, with Prince Av, there's another kid uh, that walked on, like I said at the beginning of the show here, Logan Johnson. And, you know, casual fans may not know, you know, what he brings to Georgia. You know, a little bit undersized, but a great receiver. If I'm not mistaken, he led Prince Av last year uh, in yards and receptions. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But for, from your standpoint and someone that's coached up Logan, what does he bring to Georgia that, you know, fans may not know. You know, Logan, you know, you look at him and it's, and it's, it's that typical, you know, you look at the package and you're like, you know, what, what can this kid bring to the table? And, and he, his whole life is constantly proving people wrong. You know, they've, you know, undervalued his uh, ability and you probably sold him short. And so his whole life, you know, he's, he's, you know, fought to overcome those kind of things. So having said that, you know, naturally he has a little chip on his shoulder, which, which plays to his advantage as he wants to go out there and prove one more time he can do it, you know? And mm-hmm. the thing about it is he's probably a five, five, you know, wide receiver that you can't catch in a phone booth kind of thing. And he, um, you know, he's going to present all kinds of issues in the return game, all kinds of issues. And, you know, just, matchups one-on-one even if the you know db no matter how good he is you know this guy's been going to those seven on sevens and playing at high levels his whole life so uh the last two seasons you know just to give you a small example he he caught over 60 balls each year and over 1100 yards and uh you know receiving each year so you know they i dare say they have too many high school kids that have 120 plus catches and 2500 plus yards yeah absolutely you know looking at uh you know some of the some of the highlights and things like that, you know, I was able to watch the Raven County game, which I do want to talk a little bit about that um, in just a minute. But watching some of his uh, stuff against Raven, watching some of his highlights you see on these ranking services, recruiting services, things like that. You know, you see, you see, in my opinion, what I I think is probably his best feature. Uh, one, he's fast. And two, uh, he's really elusive. You know, uh, he's a good uh, yard after catch uh, receiver, uh, if you, especially if you get him in space. And obviously that translates well to return game uh, and special teams. You know, my prediction for him, uh, you know, obviously being a walk-on is I'd like to see him kind of get some kind of a niche uh, in the special teams role. Uh, You know, looking at it, you know, that's a good way to, 
you know, to get on the field and show the coaches, you know, what you're about. And obviously I don't think his work ethic is a question at all. Uh, obviously the mentality, he's going to go there to work and compete and do his best. So I don't see those being problems at all. You know, so I think working special teams will be his best way to see the field. But I, I think, you know, him taking the offer from Troy and, and decommitting to really walk on at Georgia tells a lot about his character. I think you look at it in a sense, like Hugh said, you know, people doubted him and undervalued him. And I like to see that, you know, he made that call because he's betting on himself uh, to take that walk on spot to, you know, come to Georgia uh, and and see what he's about. And, and I think that's like I said, that speaks volumes to his character. What do you think? No, I think, it again, it's, it's what he's done his whole life. You know, going to Georgia where some would look at it like, why would he do that? He looks at it like, what's the big deal? This is all I do all the time. You know, I do think a big part of what they liked about Logan's game is his return game. I mean, he. He hardly ever got the ball in high school on returns because they wouldn't kick to him, you know, but he was explosive. Uh, as a matter of fact, last year, in one of our games against our crosstown rivals, uh, Athens Academy, he, um, he ended up getting a huge return, like a 41 yard return that, uh, put us up 14, nothing. And just, you know, just led to us, uh, exploding. So again, it's dynamic and, you know, most people are, are not, you know, six four like some of these players at Georgia. Most of them aren't four and five stars. So Logan Johnson happens to be that kid. I promise you, he gets on the field. Everybody's going to pull for him. You know, looking at it right here, you kind of brought up a good point about he's not a four or five star. Um, I want to kind of see this right here in regards to a rant that I have, and I want to talk about the four and five star, the ranking systems and the star systems. Those are really just amusement because I've seen. Just in Georgia program alone, three stars, you know, these three stars that, you know, when it comes to recruiting, people might say, oh, what well, we're reaching for something. No, you're not. You have to trust the coaching staff and what they see. And you really looking at it this year, uh, you know, you're probably familiar with this 2021 because Brock was in there. You couldn't get on a camp. You couldn't officially visit a campus. Coaches couldn't see these kids. Um, they couldn't camp. Uh, that opened back up in June of this year. Uh, so, you know, these recruiting services, you know, they're they're just now being able to start analyzing kids all across the country. This is the year you and 2021, really, you cannot go off of stars and rankings and stuff like that. Uh, you have to trust the coaches and what they saw. Uh, you know, you look at A.D. Mitchell. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Uh, recruit uh, receiver uh, that committed to Georgia. He's in uh, as a freshman, had a really great G day as well. Uh one of the things during his recruitment, because of the COVID and everything like that, he couldn't, you know, go on and, and camp at uh, schools and stuff like that. He took videos of himself working out and sent it to uh, sent it to the coaches until they just checked it out enough and was like, all right, we got to get him on board. You know, so when it comes to these rankings and the stars things, it's it's overrated. It really is. Don't trust the stars and don't think that, you know, a school is having problems recruiting because of that. It's fun to sit here and bicker and banner with other programs, things like that. But that's all it's good for. You know, Logan wasn't a Logan wasn't a four or five star, like you said, Greg. But, you know, watching his tape, that's the key. Watch the tape. You, you've seen it every day in practice. The kid's got the skills to make it if he puts it if he puts his mind to it, which I think he can do that. You know, there's plenty of stats out there and plenty of things you can go to to look at the kids that get drafted every year in the first round of the NFL, most of them are not four and five stars. You know, most of them are no star kids or two star kids or three star kids. And 
And the thing about it is, it's sort of like Little League Baseball. I don't know if you remember anything about the Bad News Bears. Absolutely. You know, everybody's not Kelly Leak, you know, that hit puberty in the sixth grade or in the, you know, when he's a six-year-old and he's driving a motorcycle at 12. You know, it's a thing where, you know, those kids, most of the kids that get four and five stars are the kids that are six, four as a freshman, you know, and then they're projecting them. And so a lot of times those other kids, I mean, like, like the Scotty Pippen kind of story, you know, where they have to learn how to work hard to be a point guard. And all of a sudden, you know, Scotty Pippen grows eight inches in, as a freshman in college, you know, so many, many times kids that will just persevere and push through make it because they have to learn hard work ethic and then they hit a growth spurt. Yeah, you know, kind of if people may not remember this, but apparently one of the greatest basketball players of all time got cut from his high school basketball team. So if, if Michael Jordan gets cut from his basketball team, that and that just tells you, you know, if you go from that to the greatest of all time in regards to the basketball, you know, in the world of basketball, that kind of tells you that, you know, it's OK to be, you know, overlooked or whatever. Just fight through it, like you said. And and next thing you know, you can be where you want to be if you put your uh, heart to it. Well, so, I think it's a shame, you know, and just echoing what you're saying. I think it's a shame sometimes as parents, you know, or as society, you know, the kid doesn't make it as a freshman or sophomore and then he quits and he doesn't learn, Hey, if I'll go work harder, you know, all those kind of things you learn from just good work ethic, you know, and it's that journey to be great. That is sometimes worth it. You know, that uh, allows you to be a great husband, a great father, a great son, a great, you know, uh, again, friends. So those are the things I think we missed in our lottery mentality where we want something for nothing. Yeah. No, I, I, I love what you just said there. I really do. Because if, if you don't fight for it, what's it worth to you? Um, you know, like you said, like Logan's situation here, you know, it was really surprising to see him decommit. I think once Georgia offered the uh, walk on offer, whatever, I think it was immediately that it kind of happened. Uh, so the right was on the wall for me, but you know, it's still cool to see those things. Cause you know, you know, as a as a walk on there, you have a really rough road ahead of you, but doesn't mean it's impossible. You know what I mean? Like I've seen several kids, even when I was in high school, that quit. And, you know, what does that teach you? You know, it doesn't te- it teaches you can give up and you try to feel like you walk away, but it doesn't teach you uh, the more important things in life. But uh, the transition from that, obviously, you know, I was able to watch the Raven County game last year with Gunner up there, Raven versus Prince Ab. Now, me being from North Carolina, I, that was the only game that I got to watch that involved Georgia, I, I think, trying to find more uh, a way to watch uh, more games this year. But from that game right there, you know, it, to me, it was it was super important to see Prince Ab go that uh, and fight their way back. Because uh, you saw, you know, they, if I'm not mistaken, they pulled ahead and then Brock led that comeback. Uh, so it was very interesting to me to see that, you know, to see what Brock was made of. And that comeback was really impressive, even though I don't think the end result uh, came in your favor. It was still a very, very good game. Uh, so, you know, that was a testament to Brock and, and his leadership, which, like I said, Georgia fans understand that a kid brings amazing amounts of leadership to this team. Not only athletically, you know, gifted, multi, uh, uber talented, but leadership and things you can't 100 percent coach. Uh, you know, what was it like? What was that game like? Because I know it was one of the biggest games in Georgia that year. Uh, what was it like being on that field and, and coaching against uh, Raven County? Well, when we put the game together, you know, both of us just 
you know, there are not many single A teams in the country that get to play on ESPN. And so for us, just getting to be on ESPN was, you know, unreal. You know, we just wanted that atmosphere. And, and I believe as a high school coach, you know, part of my job is just to try to create unbelievable experiences, you know, Mm -hmm. win or lose, let's create some unreal experiences that kids never forget and talk about the rest of their lives, you know? So again, win or losing that ball game, we got kids that are going to, they're going to graduate that maybe they're going to never go play again. And they're going to tell their kids, Hey, we, yeah, we played one time on ESPN. And so just that going in was a win, you know, regardless of the score. And obviously we want to win. I mean, if we don't want to win, we're not playing, you know, so that's a given. Yeah. Never have to talk about it, but, but I always think the character, you prove your character, not when you're li- winning, but when you're losing, you know, you prove what you're worth when you're down, not three points, but when you're down three touchdowns, and so, you know, we just kept challenging our kids, you know, at that point, you just, you know, you, you want to get a stop and then you want to get a first down, you know, and just you take it a piece, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You know, you, you know, how do you climb a, you know, how do you climb a mountain one step at a time? So, you know, when you're down, you've got to, you know, have them envision in their mind, you're trying to create some mental images of how we're going to come back. And, and again, Kids came back, we're down 31-7 and, you know, brought it back to 31-31 late, you know, in the fourth. And, and again, just being able to do that um, was awesome for our kids. And, and in essence, the rest of the year, no matter what situation was, if we were down, we always said, guys, we were down 24 in that Raven County game. So, like, we're, we're fine. Nobody freak out. You know, and, and th- those experiences are just as important as when you win by 31. Absolutely. Um, you know, you take a lot of care. It takes a lot of character to persevere through things like that. So, you know, to me, you know, that's what was amazing for me to watch was it, it wasn't a matter of guys giving up, you know, and I think that's that's a testament to coaching, you know, making, you know, making sure your players trust you enough to say, look, we can come back and make this a game. We know that we're good enough. Let's make it happen. And then sure enough, it happens. Now, obviously, like I said, at the end of the game, scores will tell you one thing, but Really, the testament of that game, the, the best part of that game was that comeback because no one – I didn't see it coming at the time. I was like, okay, see what happens. And then you start to really see that comeback. You're like, oh, wow, this is okay. And then, you know, it just really made for a really good game. So I was glad to see that game, not only from the star, you know, star power. Everybody wanted to make the the narrative of Brock versus Gunner to Georgia. You know, well, at the time it was South Carolina, but, you know, since Georgia commit um, – you know, everybody wanted to look at that right there. But, you know, at the same time, you do want to kind of look and see, you know, from an, an analytic standpoint, like I want to see what these teams are made of because there's more than one game. And ultimately that one game didn't decide, you know, decide your fate for last year because you end up going to your state A title and win it. So, you know, it, it was good to see that game be so competitive. And, you know, obviously it didn't, like I said, it didn't detriment your season. You know, you'll come back and win the state title, which brings you to my next question. What was it like winning that state title, uh, especially with Brock? Going, that's basically his send off going to Georgia. What was that like for you? You know, first off, just, you know, as a coach, you want to win the state championship, whether it's, you know, year one or year 30, like it was last year for me. So, you know, you want to win a state championship. And Brock and I, you know, always joked about and talked about, you know, and just mentioned to each other, wouldn't it be nice to win a state championship together? And, you know, just comments like that. So, you know, when the game starts, any game, you know, I'm trying to get first downs. I'm trying to, you know, get first downs, then get touchdowns, then get first downs, then get touchdowns. And so I'm not, you know, sitting there thinking about, 
hey, does Brock have 300 yards yet, or has he thrown a touchdown? You know, I'm not thinking about that stuff. I'm thinking about can we win? You know, how, you know, how do we win this ball game? And so anyway, you know, we get into that state championship game, and I remember the week of just thinking myself as a coach, and then partly as a dad is I always told myself, if I got to the state championship game, by the way, I was 0-7 in semifinal games going into that one. <laughs> Only uh, as a head coach, I was 0-2, but as an assistant, I was 0-5 before that. But anyway, I just so I always said, if, I ever, if I'm 0-7, well, I want to be at least 1-0 in the state championship, you know, if I get there. So Absolutely. anyway, the week of, I just remember telling myself, one, don't choke. You know, I mean, don't, you know, don't be afraid to make the call. You know, don't be afraid to make the tough call. Don't be afraid to go for it. Never, you know, you never be afraid to, you know, you can't still second base, but with your foot on first. So, you know, it's a thing where if it was time to make a gutsy call, we're going to make the gutsy call. So in the first half, as an example, fourth and they just had scored, made the score 13-7. There's about two and a half minutes left in the first half. We have it fourth and three on our 38. And, uh, and I call to play, you know, who do you trust the most? Brock. So I try, I call a play with Brock to, down the sideline and he picks up 20 yards or so. And then the next play we score, you know, so again, I, I wanted to leave it all on the field and never look back, you know? And so then at the, at the end of the game, we had about five minutes left in the game. We're up 41, 21 It's a situation where, you know, you just sort of realize we're going to win and, you know, I, I took the opportunity to just give him a big hug and say, man, I love you. And, you know, we did it. And holy cow, can you believe it? And so, you know, that last five minutes was really, really special. Just getting to think about it. And then obviously the ride home and all those kind of things that went along afterwards. So it was surreal and it was awesome. And, and I can't imagine it, you know, being any better. Yeah. You know, you mentioned surreal. And I was about to ask that before you, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Because I, I can only imagine that, you know, that's kind of a storybook ending, right, with you know, with the head coach and then a son at quarterback and, you know, a movie couldn't even write that, that great, you know? So uh, I can only imagine it being that kind of, you know, that level of being that surreal. So you know, it was always good to see that right there. And then obviously Georgia fans were licking their chops, waiting for Brock to come in. And obviously the rest is, you know, it's writing itself currently. So, you know, there's a lot to it, but also that leads you to this tonight, first scrimmage of the season, uh, you know, Looking at uh, repeating there as uh, single-A champions, uh, what are your thoughts going into the season? I don't know your schedule or nothing like that. Are, are there any big games that I, you know, maybe try to look through Peachtree TV? Or is there any big games for uh, Prince Ab this year? Well, it's the year two of a, you know, two-year contract. So it's the same schedule, just flip games and, you know, home and away. So the schedule's tough. I mean, we had seven playoff teams out of 10 on the schedule last year and probably the same this year. And, we're going to play uh, – we open up with a semifinal team, and then we play a 10-1 and one team out of Knoxville second. Then we play uh, – on down through the, the uh, year, we play a semifinal team that we play – that we beat in the semifinals last year. And then we're going to play our crosstown rivals who've been a top-five team in the program So or in the state. So, you know, it's going to be challenging. Our, our program's never been healthier. We, this is year six of mine here at uh, – excuse me – here at Prince Avenue. And uh, – it's a thing where, where we have we started off with thirty three six years ago, and now this year we have seventy. So you know that's you know we got a program it's rolling well. We're going to be as young as we've ever been. We're going to start one senior on offense and two on defense. And so, you know, the worst thing about 
being young is you just don't know how everybody's going to respond, you know, when, when the bullets go live versus, you know, what we've been doing in practice. So, so I'm anxious to see what we, how we respond tonight. I will give my hats off to Brock. We have a kid that um, our backup quarterbacks, uh, a kid named Aaron Philo and, and Aaron was a freshman last year and, and we'd started this workout program where we come in real early in the morning and Brock really is one who sort of spearheaded it and pushed it. And so Aaron couldn't get a ride. So he would, he would go pick up Aaron on the way to school every morning at six 15 to make sure he was in here working out, you know, for six 30. And so, you know, Aaron got to see up close what leadership looks like for real, you know, with, uh, with again, with skin on and with flesh and, you know, he got to just watch how Brock interacted with his teammates and, you know, worked hard in the weight room. And so I always told Brock the first way that you show leadership is you do it yourself. You know, they they hear, they see a testimony before they hear a testimony. And so everybody wants to know, are you going to do it yourself before they want to hear you tell them how to do it? Yep, leading by example. Uh, I, you know, those, those early morning workouts, especially in the offseason, I, I remember those vividly, I don't know, uh, 6 o'clock in the morning, you know, super hot gym, super hot weight room, whatever. I, I remember those all too well. But, you know, as many as much sweat and, you know, as much sweat as you pour out onto the floor, man, there's a lot of character being built there. Right. And, and leadership's one of those, uh, you know, characteristic traits there. And you look back on it and, and like you said, Brock spearheading those kind of move, uh, you know, those workouts and things like that. You know, that only builds well because it takes you know, it's like, a, I ain't going to say like a monkey see, monkey do type feel to it, but like it, it's contagious. So, it, you know, if, if if people around, you know, Brock, you know, soak that in, then it translates for years to come. So, you know, it builds that culture that, you know, I feel like a coach wants to instill. It really helps spearhead that that uh, push to instill that culture. You know, the, the work your ass off, basically. Uh, it never comes free. Or, you know, it's never, it's always earned, right? Those kind of those kind of principles there, you know, that culture goes a long way and it establishes that winning mindset, winning culture, and it only leads to program success, uh, you know, for years to come. So you know, it's always good to hear those kind of uh, those off season workout stories, because like I said, those things just, you know, they suck, but I tell you, they make, they make you a better person. And, and, you know, a lot of, even outside of football, let's be honest. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, there's no, um, you know, there's no, nothing replaces work ethic, you know, and, and it carries through, you know, that's the great, that's the thing I like about football is work ethic gets you started, you know, work ethic, you know, just the hard work of football itself, you know, the hot, just going out there in that hot and just learning to practice when you don't want to show up when you don't want to, you know, sort of prepares you for life, you know, because there's plenty of times you don't want to get out of bed and go to work. Plenty of times you don't want to answer the bell, but if you've developed that work ethic, again and for our example through football it just carries over into life and that's that's really what we're trying to push yeah i love that you know obviously as someone that gets up and goes to work every day like yeah, there's a lot of times when things you know you, you don't want to do it you, you're perfectly right on that you know it sucks sometimes but look the world doesn't stop so that means you have to get up and you got to do what you got to do and you know like i said those workouts and going to practice I remember vividly hot, hot, humid, rainy, right, right after a rain, uh, you know, getting into one of those kind of practices where the field's flooded, but it's still like you feel like you're in a swamp, you know, practicing is miserable. But nonetheless, you know, those kind of memories, though, kind of like you said, lead you into, you know, life after football. 
but if if I'm a like I said, I'm from North Carolina. So if I am looking into the Prince Ave program for this year, who are some faces to watch, names to know? I obviously I think the whole team is important, so don't get me wrong here. But if I had to look for a few few faces or names, who who would you point out for me to kind of keep an eye out for? So there's some there's some great stories on our team. One of them was uh, you know last year COVID year and you know some states shut down and that kind of stuff. We had a young man transfer in about week two um, of practice in August and uh, Michigan had shut down. This kid's name's Luke Lanier and he came in. What's funny was his dad told me he was he played quarterback and linebacker and uh, I said well. You know, I'm not telling him he can't play quarterback. I, I just think he should focus on linebacker. And if he can beat out our quarterback, we'll let him play quarterback, you know, last year. So, you know, he didn't have any idea what he was coming in for uh, with Brock. But anyway, so he, he played linebacker, did a great job. He'll, he'll be one of the senior starters coming back. And then we have um, the young man named Bailey Stockton's real explosive. He's, he's a, uh, he'll be a junior you got to watch Logan all last year. We do a really good job with our slots. They're usually, you know, in the top five or ten in receptions in the state. So he's a little bigger Logan, a little faster Logan. You know, obviously don't have the uh, maybe the hips and feet Logan has, but he's going to be fantastic. And uh, we have uh, another young man named uh, Elijah uh, that came in, and he, he's going to do a great job. And Elijah DeWitt, and then uh, Josh Britt uh, is a DB that's back, going to play some receiver. We have some – our linemen are maybe the most youthful we've had that are going to be the strongest we've had. Uh, Austin Head's one of them. A senior returner is uh, Will Frost. Um, we have a D lineman that's really good, Uriah Howard. He's going to have a great year. He's uh, he's just got a good motor, sort of dominating kind of kid. So – we have a lot of kids that have a chance to have a great year. We just need to go out there tonight and take it a step at a time and see what happens. You know, looking at it, like I'm looking forward to it, right? I, I know, obviously, I'm looking forward to September 4th in Charlotte. But, you know, high school football is uh, is always fun to watch, too. I'm not going to discredit that by any means. So, you know, North Carolina starts uh, their uh, season next, you know, the actual season next week. Uh, so a week from today. But, uh, you know, scrimmages going on and things like that. It's just fun to watch, right? Like you get to hear the – you know, you get to kind of watch recaps. And, and look, this year you're going to see a lot of these guys, especially this 2022 class, as you know, they're going to have, you know, camps and they're going to actually have game tape. So, you know, scouts, right? Uh, I'm sure that Raven County game, there was, you know, it was just ridiculous. Um, everybody was watching that. But, you know, it's going to be fun to see, you know, Prince Ave try to make it back to the state title. I think – you know, looking at it from a grand scheme of things, I think it's very possible, very doable. Uh, and obviously, I, I want to make sure that uh, obviously, look, we've been on before. So I'm obviously going to kind of keep an out for uh, Prince Ave and can't wait to see what happens this year. Well, thank you so much. We've uh, even up and down, like with you know graduating kids, we've been in the state semifinal seven of the last 10 years. And, you know, so we expect to win. You know, we'll be disappointed if we don't, but uh, we're going to be youthful. So if we're not going to be – if we're not super good this year, we ought to be really good next year. Again, only graduating a couple starters is going to look like. So uh, we got our work cut out for us. So right now we're playing for the playoffs, you know, which our region's – our region's the last four games. So in our state, you know, the sub-region really doesn't matter, but the region does matter. So, you know, as long as we take care of business towards the end of the year, it's going to be a good year.
Absolutely. Hey, look, it was a pleasure bringing you on again. I, obviously, with G-Day last time, it was fun talking then. It's still the same. It's always fun to talk to you. Uh, you know, let people know, hey, bring it out. What uh, is it going to be at Prince Ave or where is it going to be? And so tonight we're at Prince Avenue playing Mount Vernon out of uh, Atlanta. Next week we're rolling to Savannah to play Calvary Day. So good couple weeks. There you go. Now, is that a scrimmage next week as well? Or? No, it's our first game next week, Calvary Day. Okay. They're final team. And then the next week's our first home opener, which will be August 27th against uh, Christian Academy out of Knoxville. Should be interesting there. Definitely going to be fun to watch. I know that. Now, are, are, do you know if you're – I don't know if you know the, the streaming schedule here, but if I was to try to catch a game, would I be able to watch it on Peachtree TV or uh, – Go to ghsa.net. And all of our okay. all of our games are streamed on that for uh, I think a ten buck membership or something like that. Pretty pretty inexpensive, but okay. uh, feel free to jump in. We'd love to see you. Hey, I'll do my best. I, like I said, I, it'd be nice to sit there and live in Georgia and just kind of make all these trips, but I'll do my best to see what I can do. Awesome, hey, thank you so much, and, and uh, anytime. Hey, my pleasure. Look, always good talk when you have. Greg on love it. Uh, can't wait to see what Prince app does this year. Obviously that repeat targets on your back. Definitely think you're uh, more than capable of handling that pressure though. Uh, but look for that. Robert Reynolds. And that is all we have for today. Go dogs. Appreciate it.